you've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. There are, like, ways where these, like, fuse together in ways that aren't, like, specifically fetish, but they're, you know, blending, like, sexual with, like, you know, grieving and blah, blah, blah. Hello and welcome to Drinks With God, a podcast about alternative theological experiences, death, and life. All of the following content is based on each interviewee's own personal experiences and is meant to be educational, not confrontational. Time. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> I'm an enabler. Yeah. Alright. Welcome to another episode of Drinks with God, and I'm here with Dick Wound, and we're going to be talking about death, which is my favorite subject, but we're going to be talking about it. <laughs> we're going to be talking about sexy death. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good way to put it. <laughs> so we've got. The host of um, Off the Cuffs, here. one of the hosts of Off the Cuffs here. So you would definitely, if you're familiar with that show, be aware of how much and and exactly how Dick loves death. Um, <laughs> before I just kind of get into that, I just want to go in a little definition of some terms. Um, like this is the idea of being aroused by your own imminent death. That's referred to as autoassassinophilia, and being aroused by carrying out, or as is often put out, um, stage managing <laughs> the death of a sexual partner is referred to as erotophonophilia. And both of those concepts were initially written about by someone named John Money. It's very, very sad that he didn't go into music <laughs> or entertainment of some sort with a name like that. But. Yeah. So there is actually some extensive writings on the theory of this, but whereas there's lots of like pop culture um, about other fetishes, this is one that people seem to really steer clear of. And I know that a lot of people who are a part of the death positive movement in general that's going on right now kind of like don't want to sexualize anything about themselves and what they're doing. Which is fine, I completely get that, because there's a big enough hurdle in trying to get people to be comfortable with death. But yeah. you're really embracing death. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> so, I don't know if you want... Uh, I, I totally understand, though, that uh, people that are kind of trying to get, like, get that message out in like, that other kind of realm, why they wouldn't want to you know, like sexualize it or anything like that, because... I mean, they're completely two different, uh, like, areas that are very stigmatized to begin with. And, you know, where there is crossover, the crossover is, you know, I think the crossover is not as rare as people think, but I think thinking about it or, like, acknowledging it is very rare. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I don't, um, we absolutely do not have to get into detail about how you got on that journey, because some people do use BDSM as a coping mechanism, other people just were always into th- 
into a fetish. I know you've gone into detail on your podcast. I don't know if you'd want to here. You're welcome to if you'd want. How you sure? Feel? I mean, I I I feel I have an interesting journey with like my my fascination and like relationship to like death fetish, uh, and it's it's something that it's something that I think you know you say using uh, like BDSM or things as a coping mechanism. It's funny because I feel like uh, a certain sequence of circumstances in my life uh, that, that, you know, happened. Uh, I was sort of fortunate enough to already have interest in this yeah. when this other thing happened so that I could sort of use that to, uh, as like sort of like a, a healing process or whatever. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I could just like explain it in a nutshell and then we can examine it like however much you want to I don't I'm not shy about talking about it but I I as a kid found myself like really aroused by like um, like perilous situations uh it was like watching um like the 1960s Batman TV show how they would have like the cliffhangers every week where like you know Batman and Robin are hanging over fucking you know some kind of death machine that's like you know come back next week and that like that sort of like intense, like oh shit, are they going to live? Are they going to die? Um, feeling was what was what kind of got me going, so to speak. And uh, and then like if I jump ahead, you know, thirty years when I was thirty, I had a heart attack, uh, and I didn't know I was having a heart attack because of like I had very asymptomatic, uh, like atypical symptoms, uh, so I didn't get treated for like half a day. And I did a lot of like extensive damage to my heart, uh, so I've had like multiple times where, you know, I've either died or been very close to death or just been rushed to the hospital for one thing or another. Uh, and when that happened, I kind of slipped into this depression for a while because, uh, like, your heart, you know, people, you know, you might not know, but like when you have heart damage, like you're fucked. You, you like it, it like completely it changes everything you can do physically like it, it just like puts a lot of limitations on you and so you know one of the areas that it like it uh affected was like my sex life and not in like a oh like my body doesn't function in any more way it was more of like a fear that like i'm gonna die if i do this thing because um i have a lot of i'm on a lot of medications and i have like a machine in my chest that keeps my heart regulated but like before i had that uh, you know, I was always very concerned about getting my heart rate too high or things like that. Um, you know, sex is, uh, pretty hard on your heart. <laughs> yeah. It's so, a workout. Yeah. There was, there was like a two year period where I was just kind of like avoiding it pretty much at all cost. Uh, even like, um, just trying to not get aroused by things. Uh, and after being like, really like not okay with that after a while like you know mentally uh i i sort of was like hey like you know uh i've been like i've been spending the past two years like being afraid of this uh because like i'm being afraid of this thing because like the outcome could be like my death or whatever and and then i like kind of put that together with the fact that like hey wait like you're like turned on by that though <laughs> like and uh and sort of like kind of went on this journey of of 
having it be more, like instead of just thinking about it being this abstract thing like oh Batman hanging over a fucking you know shark tank or whatever like I turned it into more of a specific like uh, thing where I'm like oh like someone stopping my heart would be like a would be a situation where now I'm like super like aroused by basically okay. uh, so that's sort of like the nutshell version of it <laughs> yeah um, no I mean like I'm a little bit behind on your show but I've I've heard you uh heard you go into more detail about it and if anybody wants to they certainly are I I suggest for many reasons that they go to your show um, you and you and uh, you and Max do a great job over there thanks <laughs> actually I think that one of the most I did a um, I did an interview on uh, disability after dark yes and I did a interview for uh, a show called this is actually happening and those are actually really uh, very they pretty much cover it from A to Z like uh, like you know I talk about it on my show all the time but it's kind of broken up like there's no specific episode that covers it really yeah um, but those are like hyper focused on the events and uh, I told a thing on risk too but it's more of like a 15 minute funny condensed version of it all those versions of like where I told it before are, are really a good resource for like learning about it and then uh, but not to say like don't listen to my show because sure listen to my show too <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much and I'll be honest I wasn't able to come up with like as good questions as I was hoping I was going to be able to <laughs> But <laughs> do you ever consider the mortality of other of other people, um, in a way, or do, is, are you really just kind of focused on your own death and any sort of scenarios that you and your sexual partners are going to get into? Not that I'm saying that you're I'm wandering not, around fetishizing random people's dying, but like, right? Yeah, no. Non- I mean, they're they're separate in in terms of the reality of a situation versus like the fantasy of a thing and I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up because like I don't open a newspaper and like flip to the obits and be like oh like you know Harry Smith fucking died awesome like that's not what it's like at all you know I mean I have you know the, the, the reality of, of of death is is you know is a thing that happens and it's not something that I sexualize like in the slightest but it's more about like, um, it's more about like fantasizing a, a situation that is usually focused on me, or like, or like I I kind of play with both sides of it. Like I, I've had a, like partners who were who wanted to play out, um, you know, some like role play stuff where they were, you know, pretending to kill me, or like, uh, or like I've done it where I've pretended to kill someone or whatever. Um, but most of the time, I, I try to focus it on on me because that's where like my like uh, I guess like the healing stuff comes from the most. Um, so yeah, it's not really a matter of like you know it's it's funny because like they're joined and they're joined in a lot of ways that are that are uh, I mean a lot of times you know people use like sex in coping with uh, you know any kind of like tragedy things like that. Uh, you know, so like there are like ways where these like fuse together in ways that aren't like specifically fetish, but they're you know blending like sexual with like you know grieving and blah blah blah. Like it's 
you know, that's a whole other kind of can of worms. But then also, not to not to say can of worms is it's wrong. Just like you know, just it's a whole other discussion. Basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like no, so so it's not about actually like thinking about someone's death and like being turned on by that. It's really more of a uh, a situational thing. I guess I could I guess you could say. Okay. So it's mostly focused on on you and how you're coping with yourself and your own journey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was... So like there's something very like there's something like about the like finality of like an impending doom that's so I think like emotional and like and and like powerful like that like um when you like blend like a fantasy into that I mean you know it just it's it's kind of it's very intense. Yeah. So like if you're if you're if you're thinking about you know oh like this last sexual act that I'm doing is basically like the last one and then I'm going to die like that's it's kind of hot <laughs> you know like it's, it's sort of like you, it's sort of like that 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 uh, what's that shitty saying that's kind of like um, like enjoy it while you have it or whatever like it kind of is like. An extension of that, <laughs> and like playing with that in like a you know, you know in a playful way. Okay. Yes, I can see that. Um, now, one thing that I know that, and I'm not even going to attempt to quote her because I'm going to butcher the quote. But um, Caitlin Daltrey has um, in interviews when she talks about how when she was first becoming a mortician, because she's a very um, big figure in the death positive movement. But she mm-hmm. talked about her own theories with um, how being so, how she was just like surrounded by death and having to think about it constantly and how that being the forefront of her mind, like everyone around with everyone around her and everyone she was interacting with, um, she got super euphoric with even the slightest bit of life. So like she'd see a rainbow and she'd like break down into tears or like the sun would rise and she would be like super giddy about it. Like, did you ever get those like highs and lows when you were first like starting to realize this part of yourself, or do you get that after you're playing around un- like that? Or? I I understand that, and I think that kind of falls into the camp of what I was saying. That other conversation is where like you know like people using it as a coping mechanism for grieving, or like you know you're being so steeped in something that's like I, I hate using like the term morbid because like you know death isn't, I mean, it's, uh, by our society standards, yeah, it's morbid, but it's just, it's part of life, so, like, yeah. you know, uh, but, like, you know, there's, there is that end of the road, like, sadness factor to it, so if you're, like, surrounded by it all day, I could understand being, like, finding, uh, you know, joy in other things, but I think for, for, like, the specific nature of, like, what I do with it, it's not really that, because I'm not actually dealing with like real death okay. it's more of a it's more of a it's more of a fantasizing about the impending doom or the impending like uh inescapable like end okay. so right. it's sort of like it's like an abstract take on it instead of it being more about the thing itself like it's like i don't i don't fantasize about being dead or or things like that it's like it's you know, the moments leading up to are the thing that I think about. It's like, um, you know, it's the really intense, 
you know, feeling when you are, I don't know if you've ever thought you were going to die <laughs> or if you've ever had a near death experience, but <laughs> you know, in, in moments where you're, where you're actually dying, it, it's, it, it's a very intense, uh, like immovable feeling that like is, it just permeates like every cell in your body. It's, 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 it's weirdly comparable to an orgasm (laughs) (laughs) and, and, and not to say that it feels good, just that it's so, it just takes the way that it takes over. No, that, that would make complete sense actually. Um, all right, here's a semi obligatory question because I do explore faith a lot on this, um, podcast has having near death experiences and, making that, um, and fetishizing it, becoming a coping mechanism in any way impacted any sort of religious beliefs that you've ever had? No. Yeah. No. I, I'm pretty not into any religion and, and not dying or having, you know, like having like a second chance or whatever didn't make me like find God or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I have like things that I... I have like theories and ideas about the way things work, but you know, who fucking knows? <laughs> oh yeah. And, and, and I, I just don't like to get wrapped up in, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, movement of belief that's like, that ever has any kind of like, I'm right aspect attached to it. <laughs> and that's sort of where all sort of, I guess, like faiths lead eventually in some way or another. In my opinion, uh, you know, so I prefer to kind of stay away from that and just, um, you know, do do what I think is like good or right or whatever, uh, and and not like kind of put it into some other things. Fate, or, you know, even even people who are non-religious that are like, I leave it up to the universe. Like that's like that's kind of lazy. Like you know. <laughs> like the world, the world's gonna, the world is gonna happen to you, but at the same time, like you do, kind of have some control over it. You can choose to not be an asshole. You can choose to be nice to people. Like you know, you don't need to have some other thing uh, or some reason other than the fact that like it's okay to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like that. I figured that that could go in many directions. You could have people. I'm sure that like a near death experience could make someone lose their faith in religion and like suddenly just completely hold faith into like biological processes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And someone could like, of course do the other one, which is the one we always see in movies because that's yes. cinematic. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and I've talked to people who have had like similar, you know, have, have survived things, not necessarily similar to mine, but you know, just other events that were either where they either died or nearly died or whatever. And yeah, I've heard both sides of that. Like, yeah. you know, oh, it made me, it made me lose my, my faith completely. Uh, and you know, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's like a fucking, we're like a biological soup as part of the fucking, you know, world and everything. And, and that's true, but there's also, you know, choice. <laughs> so I don't like completely give over to just the chaos of like, you know, oh, like what's going to happen will happen. But, I don't know. Oh, cool. Um, so then, 
Okay, I did have another question. I did have at least one other question. Um, I know that in, um, I'd, I'd mentioned uh, before we started really interviewing um, that there was actually a pretty landmark book about the idea of fetishizing um, death and fetishizing um, um, murder, whether it's in an actual context or if it's in just kind of like play. Um, Lisa Downing had written a book called On the Limits of, so of Sexual Ethics, and um, I did, she before she like goes into like the details of actual murder, play murder and all that, and um, she does talk about the idea of pushing the envelope and how it works for one's own psyche and for those around you. I know that play, like, you know, play it safe is everyone that, uh, you know, I, I know, um, in, in the, you know, in the community is way about that. So is there anything about playing with death, especially in the, in the bedroom that, would lend itself to something specific in aftercare and things like that? Um, well, I mean, it's, it, tying it to aftercare is, is really something I can answer, like, other than just for myself, because everyone kind of needs something different with that. Yep. Uh, and, you know, I'm kind of a person who, like, very rarely any kind of aftercare like the, the, the act of doing the thing is sort of so therapeutic for me that like the act of doing the thing sort of is my aftercare in a lot of ways um, and that's not always true like I'll occasionally want to you know cuddle with somebody or something like that but like usually I just kind of want to be left alone to my thoughts for a few minutes and just like let sink in what just happened um so, so I, I don't know if I'm like really qualified to answer like that portion of that question, but it's, in, but then there's also, you know, there's also different layers of like how people play and like, you know, I mean, some people are into being like choked or things like that in, you know, in, in the bedroom and, and some, and it's funny cause like not even, I mean, we're talking about like the king community in, in, in some ways here, but even just in the world, it's funny, you'll hear people that are like, oh, oh I'm not into, like, anger, I'm not into these things. Oh, but I like being choked or spanked or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, they don't realize that, yeah, that's like a fetish or a kink or whatever, you know. Um, you, you know, you don't have to be into, like, lips and chains to be, like, a kink person. <laughs> uh, so, I think depending on, like, what aspect of play you're doing, like, you know, some people are, like, let's just, you know, for instance, let's use choking. Some people are into being, like, choked and not, like, choked out you know, but like some people are into some people are into that, and other people are into just being mildly, uh, you know, having their their you know having the slight restriction of, of like breath and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Now, like that's that's also again that's sort of a total other realm of of what I'm talking about because they might not even tie that into death. That might literally just be a physical sensation that they like. Uh, it, has, it might have nothing to do with the fact that, like, there's an impending doom or something like that. Or it could. Uh, it really depends person to person. And for me, like I said, uh, since it's not really about the, the, the like, you know, being a, a dead body thing or, or anything like that. Because I think another area where people kind of get confused when they hear about this, the first thing they think of is, like, they're like, oh, are you really, uh, or, like, do you why? Are you suicidal? Like, these are all questions 
that's what I've got. And it's like, no, like that's not, that's not it at all. So for, for me, like, uh, like just to kind of sum up what like a typical scene would be for me, would, would probably be a lot of verbal uh, threats and, and such, and like uh, being made to go through either certain acts of service or like, um, or, or certain acts of like sexual, you know, whatever, uh, you know, whatever sexual act it was that was being done at the time. And like being told like, this is the, like, you know, this is the last time this is going to happen. Like when, when this is finished, like I'm going to, you know, X, Y, Z insert death threat <laughs> into there. Yeah. And, and I, and, and then I will also play around with, with some things like, you know, breath restriction or, or like, um, you know, someone holding a knife or something like that. Uh, and, and it's, so it, it's so hard to, it's so hard to answer because there's, there's, there's other people who aren't fetishizing or, or fantasizing about, uh, death at all that are into some like hardcore, like being choked out. And that's just a thing that they're into because of, like I said, the sensation of it. So like, there's people that actually do things that are like more, I don't want to say intense, but like more, uh, that actually bring you closer to real death, uh, than I do. <laughs> uh, not to say that all the play I do isn't dangerous because some of it is, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that kind of answered that. <laughs> no, no, it did, and that was, I was, I was specifically kind of giving you a bit of an open question because it would be idiotic of me to think that you could speak for an entire community of people, which is so incredibly varied, and of which you are a very um, specific part. Just because we're not talking yeah. about the in the moment sensations, the physicality of it, we're talking about the like the philosophy and the thoughts behind it. Right. Yeah. So I have a, I have like a, I have a medication that I take. It's a, it's an injectable medication. I take it bi-weekly and it's a, like, it's a thing that helps keep me alive in reality. You know, it's, 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 um, it's, it's a heart medication. So, uh, but you know, when I'm doing the injection or like if I have like a partner give me the injection, you know, there'll be times where, you know, they'll tie me up and then, you know, taunt me with the, with it. And then like when they give me the injection, they'll be like, you know, this is a poison that's going to kill you in like 30 minutes or whatever. Or like if your heart rate gets too high or whatever, and then they'll, you know, that's like, so like a really fun one for me, like is like if someone gives me my meds and then they're basically like this medication is going to stop your heart if, it, if your heart rate gets too high. And then basically like, uh, like, fucks me or something so that yeah. I'm like oh god like I can't control my heart rate uh like that's like you know and it's sure it's not real but like you know that that's what's playing with the idea of it is and um like some like a scenario like that is like super fun for me kind of harkens back to you know me being a kid and watching again you know like the Batman show where you know Catwoman has Batman tied up in a some kind of machine or whatever and you know the the narrator comes on and is like you know stay tuned to find out next week what happens like the 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 fucking in that instance would be the stay tuned to find out what happens next week yeah it's sort of <laughs> you know it, it gives you that same kind of intense like panic and worry and and you know joy all at the same time 
and there's something too that's like really interesting like when you're when you're like so aroused by the idea like by by what's happening that you don't care uh or or like you can't control that that's going to be the thing that stops your life basically very cool all right i wish that i'd like come up with some more questions but yeah i i mean like i'm sure that like listeners might have other questions that i could like field on over to you or um but uh I, I pretty much just wanted to get like the skin and bones of this of this idea out with you, just because it's fascinating. Uh, I, thank you for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and um, so, did you? Before I, uh, I do my end notes, did you ha- want to uh, pl- plug your show a bit? I mean, or any anything that you're going to be appearing on anytime soon? Or uh, sure. Well, I have. Uh, you mentioned earlier off the cuffs. Um, that's pretty much on any podcast platform. Uh, you know, I host that with uh, a friend of mine uh, who lives here on Long Island with me, Minimus Maximus. Um, and we just sort of interview uh, different people about their kind of relationship to kink and, and like the lifestyle. Uh, it's not, it's, it's, it's weird because we walk the line of being like educational I feel like we're more socially educational, and I don't even mean that like a, that we're right about like what we're talking about. It's really more of just a we, we try to get people to share their stories about the things that they're into because, um, you know, I mean, this is something that we didn't get into, but uh, you know, growing up being into things that are kind of atypical or weird, you know, or like you know, I'm saying weird like quote unquote, but like you know, things that are not just a normal like you know, white picket fence, you know, missionary, sex, whatever, uh, relationship, you know, if you have other interests, sometimes you feel with people because people think it's weird or like, you know, they're, or you're afraid that they're going to think it's weird. And a lot of times people that are into these things keep it locked up and then they're, and then they end up being in relationships where they're not really fully, you know, fulfilled. And, uh, you know, it took me a long time uh, to, to learn that, uh, you know, I learned that very late in life, you know, it took almost dying to, I mean, there was, there was points in time where, where I, you know, I, I had found people before then and, you know, played and whatnot, but I, I never really fully came into like comfort with, with my own sexuality until I, you know, until after all the heart, uh, problems and, and then kind of reclaiming my sexuality. So, this is like the longest answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I mean, like, I'm glad you, you went into it because yeah, yeah but, I think but, it's incredibly so, healthy. Yeah. So we, we basically, what we do is we bring people on and we're like, Hey, like what's the, what's the weird stuff that you're into? And then they talk about that. And then what we found is that people will write to us, um, you know, from all over the world that are like, Oh my God, I thought I was the only person that was into that. This was super helpful to hear. And, you know, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's, it's not something that we even envisioned the show would be when we started it. It's, it's what it's become. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can, you can find that, uh, on any podcast platform off the cuffs. If you can give some podcast, uh, we're on Twitter at OCP Kink. Uh, we're, we're not great at social media. We're, you know, in our late thirties, early forties, people who, I don't really understand social media, but we're trying. <laughs> uh, and I actually have another, I have another podcast that I run called Be which is not 
uh, inherently a sexuality show. It's really just more, uh, I guess, like pivotal points in people's lives, uh, stories about that. Uh, and that's newer, but it's been going really well so far. So, yeah, I mean, that's called Being There, and you can find that anywhere, basically, also. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and I'll definitely make sure to post those links in the in the show notes. Um, cool. And uh, I actually did an episode of Being There um, that's, it's, it's, it's more of a straight account of, like, what having a heart attack is like. Okay, There's, excellent. like, an episode that covers that. It's, it gets a little bit into the sexuality stuff, but it's really more just about like the day uh that that happened and what that was like and, and you know just the whole situation um so yeah there's like another resource for like you know because that's another thing too is like um you know i had i had a heart attack at the age of 30 and like it was not drug related it was not you know alcohol it was not like anything i did to my body like, uh it was it was just um you know biologically like both of my parents have bad hearts and um and it's rare it's rare for someone who's 30 to have a heart attack and if someone is 30 and has a heart attack nine times out of ten they don't survive uh it's it's like it's like a for some reason like the mortality rate of like younger people that have heart attacks is like very low um and so i had a really hard time with finding people to talk to about like what happened when it happened because everyone else uh, that was around me in my, like the, you know, the recovery groups or this or that was like, you know, two, two, two and a half times my age. Um, and anyone who was my age, they like had heart damage because like they were doing like a mountain of cocaine or like this or that or the other thing. And I didn't have anyone to like share the experience with uh, in like that unique, like peer uh, kind of way. Yeah. And that was ultimately why I decided to kind of put the story out uh, with, you know, with less of the sexuality stuff and just sort of being more about the health stuff because, uh, you know, it sucks. It sucks being like, when you're, you know, young and, and going through something like that. And it's hard to find support. No, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, all the, all the more reason why, you know, thank you for sharing. Thank you for helping to get that out there. In so many yeah. in, in so many ways. Um, so uh, if if you have had and want to talk to me about an alternative theological experience or want to provide an in depth viewpoint of mainstream religion, please feel free to email me at drinkingwithgod at gmail dot com. That's drinking with God with an I N G. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm really bad at Twitter. Um, <laughs> subscribe to our Podbean. Subscribe to us on iTunes and. Please come over to our shop and buy some T-shirts. We've got a new one coming out that says "Formosus did nothing wrong." Um, in case you heard the Pope episode, um, and we've got links in the show notes to all of that. And thank you all for your support. And stay weird out there. <laughs>